you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. I hope all's well wherever you are, and I hope wherever you are, you're receiving the audio portion of the show <laughs> without too much difficulty. I know it might sound like we're having a little bit of audio trouble. That's because we are, but we're going to press forward. We hope and trust that you'll stick with us. Real quick, shout out to my old man who had a little ocular surgery today, and apparently it went well, so shout out to him. And an apology to all the kids going back to school. I can't believe it's mid-August and everybody's already going back to school. When I was a child, I made a pledge to myself and to the world that when I grew up, my first order of business <laughs> would be to adjust the school schedule from five days a week to four and limit it to three months a year. So I would basically invert the school year and the summer, you know, back, you know, we only need three months worth of school. And instead the man has won. And at my advanced age, I don't know that I'm ever gonna win this battle. It might be done. And so I apologize to all the kids out there for letting you down. Let's just move on. Let's say hello to everybody who's joining us in Studio 66. A little bit somber after that, uh, that little speech there. But nonetheless, yeah. let's talk about the grand sport that is pro football. And say hello around the room to the house that we have, the full house we have here in 66. Starting off, Bucky Brooks, what's the poop with you, fella? Everything is great. Am I still MVP? We're, I know we're beyond the quarter pole. I just want to make sure I'm still MVP of this check. Yeah, but you know what? Ike Taylor's making his charge. Maurice Jones-Drew is making his so on and so forth. I'm I, the leader. I stay be, sharp. I should be in the, the winner's circle. I, that's not the way to inspire you. I've been watching Bill O'Brien on Hard Knocks. <laughs> and I don't know that that's you don't what want you me to need. Be comfortable. I, I understand that you have to read your players differently. You uh -huh. know, some people need the care and other people need the whip. I feel that I don't want to let you rest on your laurels. Okay. Nate Burleson, Michael Robinson, also doing dynamite work uh -huh. on this show. Keep that fire in your belly, Buck. I see good things in your future. <laughs> Next up, from uh, London, England, he is now our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. <laughs> That's the music. Video. 
He's handsome and he's handsome and he's handsome Hello, handsome. Oh, yeah, there you go. For those on video, for those watching on video, and I do believe that this podcast, for the record, is available in full on YouTube for the time being. I know I've promoted it here and there and everywhere. For the time being, I think your best bet, look for it on YouTube. Go to NFL, subscribe there, and uh, and look for the DDFP in full You'll see a, a, a video treat, courtesy of Handsome Hank, every time you hear his song. The music by itself, by the one-man house band, Dick Banks, continues to be terrific. How are you, Handsome? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. How are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. I just hope that uh, people are sticking with us as we uh, deal well, with our I audience. Well, I thought we'd agreed to say that we were doing this from space. This was the first ever podcast oh, from space. That's cool, yeah, that would be uh, a that, cool people, idea. I think people would have got behind that and accepted the audio issues, but actually we are on a... Well, watching Hard Knocks, uh, the guys up in the satellite, the yeah. astronauts up in the uh, satellite, were watching a Houston Texans game in the exactly. most uh, recent episode, which I was pleased by because, as I mentioned, I think it would be very sad... And sadly, ironic for the guys who live up in a satellite for a year or two, that they are um, that you know that they don't get satellite TV. So I've, uh, that would be sad for them if they didn't. Um, but anyway, so, that, so <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't. Why well, I, I couldn't really get through the the joke was a little labored because uh, Black Tie not once but twice just said into my ear that I have to introduce Elliot Harrison, as if I would have forgotten that as I go um, around the You know table. what, I'm just chill over here. Elliot Harrison, what's the point with you, fella? Well, I'm a little, uh, I guess I'm questioning, you know, about him being MVP, Bucky. You know, I'm a big fan of Bucky, but... It's I, former I, players. Oh, because I believe the defending Shecky champ is me. Yes, we have we have a yeah, we, we make sure we you don't go back to back. Yeah, you yeah, probably I mean, turn it over. You turn it over the goal line. No, no, no. Au contraire. You're yeah, wrong about that. Back to back. Yes, you can. No, you AJ can. Hawk went back to back for the best uh, player guess Black that we have. I, what was my percentage uh, vote? It was seventy five percent. Oh. Elliot Harrison, you right. were that was for I, the non player guest on DDFP okay. twenty fourteen. The Shecky Awards well, are coming fast and furious. They're gonna be here before you know it. Yeah. All right, let's get into pro football and get to very important stuff. And the first thing is, on Tuesday, the big it started when you woke up. You heard the Steelers were looking at Mike Vick by end of day. Number seven had another number seven on his team. That's the first issue to resolve is who gets the number seven. I think Roethlisberger is safe in keeping that one. EH, what do you think about Mike Vick 2015? I don't get it. I don't get really? it. Really? No, I don't. Don't I, I, get it? They need a backup. Everything I've ever heard is that that Mike Vick isn't really passionate about football. You know, and some players just that's not necessarily what they want to do all the time. And so I don't know that Mike Vick has ever been a preparation guy. At this point of his career, he's what uh, thirty-five years old, right? Uh, is it the same mobile Mike Vick that we saw before? Uh, you know, when they had Charlie Batch. They had a guy that went in there, was prepared, and even though if he didn't play, you knew that Charlie Batch wasn't going to be making the mental mistakes on the field, and I think that's what the Steelers need, not Michael Vick. And I'm you know, I, I just not excited about it, to be honest. Handsome. How say you? Well, I know you must be excited because this is a guy you've been trying to put on NFL teams for the last two years. Anytime a quarterback is needed, you're like, Mike Vick's the man who should be there. So it's kind of... That's right. And I'll, and I'll tell you this. At minimum... The Texans and Browns would have been better off 
if Mike Vick on August 1st was announced their starting quarterback and preparing for the 2015 season. We're looking, for those of you on video, you can see Mike Vick stole a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 2014. Steelers fans should keep that in mind. And that's really the point, EH, that why I like Mike Vick as a signing. Now, if Roethlisberger gets hurt, the Steelers season is very likely doomed. But if he goes down for a week or two, I like my chances with Mike Vick more than I do with Chaz Batch. He can steal a game. He's a wild card. No, I mean, I, li- I like the move. There are a couple of reasons why I think this is a good move. One, the relationship between Mike Tomlin and Mike Vick. They're from the same area, so there's a connection hmm. there. You so, always talk about that personal yeah, relationship the, and how much that area. impacts. So Mike, Mike Tomlin grew up in the same area. He's known Mike Vick for a long time. So I think when it comes to the preparation, I think Mike Vick will probably show a little more respect for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers making sure he's always prepared. It was disappointing to find out about those comments last year prior to the San Diego game that he didn't prepare to be a starter. That's exactly what I was referring to. And he didn't look look good. But I don't think that would be an issue. I also believe that when you look at what they had, they gave Landry Jones every opportunity to be the backup. Part of the reason they played him extensively in the Hall of Fame game in week one and also in week two was to see if he was ready to be the next guy. Grakowski had been out the entire time in the offseason with the shoulder injury. Then he comes back, and he, he didn't look good from what I heard that week he was there before he got hurt. They need to have a guy that can get them out of games. That's been, Gradkowski's injury has been looming pretty much for the month of August, so, so they had to do something. They there. needed the guy, and when they came out of the last game knowing that Landry Jones couldn't be that guy, they had to go and get a veteran. And look, the way you're looking at your backup quarterback situation, we're talking about a game or two max. That's what you're hoping right. for if you have to do it. So with Mike Vick being a proven starter, a guy that's won a lot of games in the league, I think what they're saying is in a two-game stretch, could we win with Mike Vick? They're confident enough that Todd Haley can come up with offense. I mean, he's certainly better than Landry Jones at the very least. Handsome, it's surprising to me, you know, obviously as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'm looking at the local press that this has been getting back there, and people are crazy about this. A lot of people say, that's it for me with the Steelers. I'm never going to watch them again. Really? For, you know, for moral reasons. Right. I, are you, I'm surprised, am I not, I'm not shilling for the league at this point. I'm really surprised that he signs and that's still an issue. I mean, and, I, that Especially given he signed for an, uh, the same, or a team in the same state already once. So it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I'm, so, I, that I don't, that, as a side not, note, I bring that up. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not to say that what he did was all right, but I mean, went to jail for a long stretch to serve uh, you know, to pay, you know, pay for his crime and, and all that kind of stuff. And have made amends now and is actually, I, I as I understand it, helping dog charities and doing all kinds of things like that. But aside from that, though, EH, you don't think, I mean, you don't, what about what I just said? The Texans wouldn't be better off with Mike Vick prepping as the starter. I don't, I don't mean dropping him in there now. I'm saying guess, at the start yeah, of if you, if you look at it through the prism of, hey, we need a spot start here, you know. No, no, I'm bit. talking about as the starter for the season. I would Wouldn't not. the Texans be better off with no, Mike Vick? No, absolutely not. I hmm. mean, to me, like, so last year when he was in New York, the word was that a lot of the players looked up to him. He's like a living legend with a lot of 23-year-old guys coming to the league. If I've got Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant and Le'Veon Bell, who are all under 25, I don't want them learning bad habits. I don't want them being exposed to somebody that may or may not care. I'm not saying he doesn't care. But I thought those those comments were alarming to me. I mean, you, your job as a backup, we just talked about hard knocks, right? Didn't Bill O'Brien, when he named the starting quarterback, say, Ryan, I need you to be ready to play. That's a backup quarterback's job. 
I, I just don't love it from an organizational standpoint. Fine. For one or two games, if you just need the guy to play, great. But, but he's not, but but also, isn't Mike Vick, he's, he's certainly not the first guy. It's not like he was on a contending team. He's on this bum team. And it really must be if you're Mike Vick with all the pelts he has on the wall to uh, to, to say, pelts? I'm backing up Geno Smith. This, I mean, like, and I'm at the back end of this bum lost season. All right. He's not the first guy to quit on a team. I feel like, look at him when his team is relevant and everything. I know that's not exactly what you want, but I think that's a reality. But this the guys isn't going to be his team. I mean, it's fine, but it's, it's Ben Roethlisberger's team. He's going to be, he's along for the ride. Well, but I think, I think that's the thing. Um, to go back to what EH was alluding to with the Jets, I think the big thing, the frustration from Mike Vick last year is when you're a guy who's accomplished what he's accomplished individually in the league, to sit behind a Geno Smith has to be tough to stomach. And the backup quarterback job isn't for everyone. All starters can't transition into being backups because in your mind, when you've had a, lot, a level of success, it's hard for you to say that this guy's a better player than me. I'm going to help him get ready. The other thing that you point to about the 23-year-olds kind of treating Mike Vitt like he's an icon, you have to go back and look. At the time these guys were small and teenage, he was on the cover of Madden. That's, That's right. as big as it gets. So that level of influence and sway is significant. And so even though it's Ben Roethlisberger's team, he does bring a level of leadership, if directed the right way, that he can help those young guys get on board. And I so hear EH, I think, though, too, that maybe it could get sideways. But uh, I, I just don't, don't think, think on a contending team. Yeah, I don't think on a contending team. And also, right. I think Mike Vick understands. Look, I'm 35 years old. I understand where I am right now. And I also think that it was very clearly stated to him, look, yeah, there's not a there's not a debate like you might be able to work your way in there. Roethlisberger struggles, you might get in there. Well, like also a, this, like you talked about Pittsburgh. Look at what Pittsburgh has done with their backup quarterbacks in the past. Think about how long Byron Leftwich and Charlie Batch occupied those roles. And so, if I'm Mike Vick and I'm looking to ride off into the sunset, why not land in Pittsburgh, an organization that is known for taking care of their own? Why not see if I can go there and maybe get two, three mm-hmm. more years out of it until they find the next quarterback to replace Pittsburgh. All right, but Dave, you've mentioned, okay, wouldn't the Texans be better off? If the Texans went off and hired Dick Jerron to be their head coach, what would everybody say? Ah, oh, no, the, the old retread, good old boys system. Why is this guy getting another chance? How is Michael Vick any different? How is Michael Vick any different than a head coach like Chan Gailey? I hear you, except that another... they, just, they just named a, a lesser retread named Brian Hoyer as their starter. So, I, I, but I, I, yeah. I follow your boy. That's and why I, all summer and, long and is that they just say, start mouth. I would say this. Mike Vick won't be for every coach and what everyone is looking for because it takes a level of, I guess, adaptability to maybe deal with a, a quarterback that plays the game in that fashion. However, I will say that, if you look around the league and you look at the quarterbacks that are playing, even a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's maybe, what, 33 and 55, there are not a lot of quarterbacks that are out there. And so when you're looking at a backup job, who's available? Who are you going to sign? And so I agree with that. He's probably the best of the lot as an experienced and player who has a number of stars. He's better than Andy Dalton. He's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's better than Josh McCown. These are teams that are starting those guys. I mean, these are names that are going to be out there on opening hey, if day. If he's willing to prepare and work hard, I'm all for it. But, I mean, he said it last year. He wasn't even prepared. I think you said an interesting thing, Buck. You said everybody can't accept the backup role. You have to be a starter if you're the main man. Let's then switch into Peyton Manning. And he's at a critical point, obviously, in his career, which is basically accepting the fact, and we talked about this quite a bit, too, in the last six months, willingness as a star, to turn around and hand the ball off. And this is the only way, as, I, as far as I can tell, 
that the Broncos have a chance of succeeding this year because did you see Peyton Manning? I know it's sacrilege and how dare I and I, Dave doesn't like Peyton Manning for some unknown reason. None of that. That's all rubbish. I'm looking at him with my eyeballs. He does not look good. He can't get the ball 25 yards downfield. I'm going to start with you on this one, Buck. Am I crazy? No, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of what we would call, like, because young Kobe's behind the glass, it's the Kobe Bryant effect. And Kobe Bryant's That's mind, right. as long as he's on the Lakers, he's and the Tiger number one. And Tiger Woods effect, too. He's the number one option. For Peyton Manning, it's hard to think that if they struggle the first two games and they're trying to be a balanced team, they're trying to run the ball, and he's kind of playing a complimentary role, it's going to be hard for Peyton Manning to not say, look, I've done this for years. This is what I do. We need to throw it all over the yard and put it on me. It's hard for guys to change. Their ego drives so much of the success that they've had. It's going to be hard for Peyton Manning to take but this the is backup a, role in this offense in terms of letting it be a run first, pass second. Right, offense. and Elliot, you know, the unlike the Bills who we talk about who have a loaded team and the Bengals who have a loaded team save potentially the QB spot, I think the same is pretty true about the Broncos. I know there's questions still even with Evan Mathis now on that offensive line, but that defense is loaded. They have nice receivers. And Peyton Manning, it seems like I, I have a, a hunch that as this season wears on, it's going to be like, nope, 18's going down in a ball of flames. He's he, let, it, We're going down with me as the captain of this ship or shame the devil. Wow, Broncos fans, I bet you they've already started. Hey, Osweiler's a better option. That started in August. That's going to get worse. How say it, you? It, it might. I, I just want to bring both conversations together. I like the Evan Mathis signing about 10,000 times more than the Michael Vick signing. Now, that's a <laughs> signing that has value. The Broncos' offensive line was in shambles. They got a 39-year-old quarterback. Now, this makes a heck of a lot of sense. I'm not disrespecting Mike Vick. I'm just calling it the way it is right now. Uh, I watched Dan Fouts his last year. I watched Dan Marino his last year, and it was it wasn't pretty, man. I mean, they just weren't getting the ball down the field the way they used to, and I think that's why they hung him up. You remember Dan Marino? Didn't Minnesota? Didn't Denny Green try to get Dan Marino well, to play? I mean, you always try and kick the tires on a guy that's had a lot number of things. Like think about Brett Favre. If Brett Favre, at the end of his career, wanted to continue to play, someone still would have given him an opportunity based on what he did. Sure. However, Peyton Manning's arm strength is going to continue to decline and dwindle. Like he's no longer going to be the guy that we even in as a this year time right. MVP. Like. It doesn't go the other way. Father Time is undefeated. And so unless he's willing to play the way that Gary Kubiak kind of sees the way that this team should play, it's going to be a struggle. And I don't know if from an ego standpoint, if he's willing to sacrifice and, and that. And it sounds like you know, there, uh, there was a story that came out yesterday where Peyton said, don't, don't listen to any of this stuff about my arm. What happened at the end of last season, I got a sick bug from my daughter from school and in week 14, <laughs> and, it, and then I was really dehydrated, and that was what caused everything to go wrong at the end of the season. Clearly, that's not the case. What happened is we saw him be beginning to decline, but if he can't admit it to himself yet... It's the Kobe it's Bryant be, effect. Right. The Kobe, idea Kobe. that... You know what's Jordan, crazy? Kobe, all of the great ones, they all are wired like... One of the oldest... Things, one of the it's it's a cliche that guys hang on too long that they don't know when to quit. Muhammad Ali, Willie Mays, the list goes on and on with these examples. And yet anybody who is in the here and now, I guess it's the fan base, but to some degree the media picks up on that. And I'm the crazy one for saying Peyton Manning is clearly on the decline. That's disrespectful, Dave. Why do you hate Peyton so much? He can't throw the ball very well anymore. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying to you. And you talk about you know, year to year, the decline as you get older. Like I say, 
week to week. He, you can watch his arm strength tail off and it, over the last couple of years as the season goes on. What's gonna, what's he gonna look like by November this year? It's really evident in a, a cold weather climate mm-hmm. because if you think about it, let's think about it playing golf. So when you play golf in the summer months, the ball flies farther, it goes farther. Like you get the distance on your drive. When it's cold, it doesn't fly as far. So with Peyton Manning, I think it's the same is true. As you get into November, December, when the weather conditions begin to become a factor, he's not going to be as effective as a deep ball pass. And so if you looked at how the Colts played them at the end, they condensed the field. Yep. They jammed the middle of the field and dared him to throw it to the outside, and he was unable to do it. Everyone is going to copy that film until he's able to Listen, prove it. Yeah, and on that note, I, when you guys were talking about this, the guy I was thinking of is for every 50 examples of quarterbacks, their arm strength going down, there's one Warren Moon who has like that rubber arm. But you know what? Even Warren Moon, where, where were his last two stops as starter? Seattle, Kingdom, mm-hmm. Minnesota, the Metrodome. Climate control, that helped his arm out. But like I said, for every Warren Moon, I could give you 50 examples. Kenny Anderson, we could go down the line. All these guys who, the last couple of years of their career, the arm strength wasn't there. Peyton Manning is 39. That's all you need to say. He is at the age where guys... And now are like, in heavy decline. The Broncos can give him a break by making him not let, having him practice two days a week. If he's willing to take that workload off himself as yeah. well, I think that's you know, the I don't know if he can. He's exactly. such a well, control freak because if you, you, you've heard his stories for years and exactly. years when he was at Indianapolis and in Denver, how he runs and orchestrates the practice and how they do all the extra reps and all the other stuff. Like It's tough for a guy like that who's been a control freak to, to kind of let loose of the reins. I just don't see it happening. And so this is a marriage that is destined to fail unless he's able to do something that most great players Well, the irony of it is, too, is that John Elway did do that and decided, all right, I'm willing to hand the ball off to Terrell Davis and got two rings in exchange for that. Why can't Elway just say, hey, Peyton, this is the way it goes, man. This is the only way we can win. Maybe it takes the combination of Elway and Mm -hmm. Kubiak because Kubiak was on that staff to tell him, like, hey, this is our best chance of winning the title. If you want to win the title, this is how we have to do it. Run it, you be a compliment. All right, so, well, I, wait, I want to say one thing on Elway. Do you guys remember Elway's retirement press conference? Do you remember what he said? The first thing he said is, I just can't do it anymore. Like, I physically can't do it anymore. He knew that, yeah, we just won the Super Bowl, but I could come I out know. 99 They won two stink. straight Super Bowls yeah. at that point, so the temptation to say, like, I don't, maybe I can... By hook or by crook, get three in a row, and even that wasn't enough uh, to make him stick around. Speaking of teams with a chance to win a Super Bowl, as I've been saying, the Houston Texans have now made a decision that they don't, uh, cannot win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Laugh all you want, Bucky. That's right. You don't win a Super Bowl with Brian Hoyer. Bill O'Brien, though, on this week's Hard Knocks, told that compelling stuff. What else jumped out at you from Hard Knocks uh, uh, handsome, I'll jump in front of you before you give your answer. Okay. Well, I want you to, I'm giving you no, a no, moment to conjure. After you. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to point out that Charles James II, that things are so dire that they need a running back, that they're taking <laughs> a defensive back and saying like, hey, we like that way that kid moves. See if he can run the ball. My concern is, though, that Charles James II will thrive as an NFL running back. And then, because they realized, well, he, he didn't play it in college. He played it in high school. How's that going to make his college coach from uh, Charleston Southern look if this guy makes it as an NFL running back, and but he wasn't good enough to run the ball at Charleston Southern? I'm concerned for that guy. 
Well, no, no. I mean, it, it it happens. Like sometimes pro coaches can have a vision for a player that maybe their college coach or even their high school coach didn't have. Look, I've told you, I didn't play defense in high school, and I ended up my last three years playing corner. Sometimes it works out like that. I think for Charles— That is funny it, that, that, that that happens at the pro it, level. Because what you're trying to do is, like, you're trying to take an athlete and see what's the best way to maximize it. For Charles, and you think about it, Bill O'Brien comes from New England. What do they do in New mm. England consistently? Right. They have a bunch of players that are kind of utility guys to sometimes get them out of jams, get them out of situations. They did it with Troy Brown, some Mike Rabel. Other guys have played multiple positions. They did it in Houston, obviously, with J.J. Watt. So maybe they're trying to see if we get in a jam where all our running backs are down, we only have 46 guys dressed up, maybe Charles can be the guy to get us out of a game. Handsome. Now it's your turn. Thank you. Well, just on on just to comment on him. I mean, I know I know that NFL Films does a great job of editing this, but that guy. I mean, he was all over the field in that preseason game. Everything he was making tackles Every on defense special on special, teams, special teams. He was all over the place. But I I want to I want to come out on this show. I'm going to come out as a Brian Cushing fan. A week after oh, no. saying a week after saying I don't like the guy. He's a bully. I'm. Enjoy- I, I think. Well, first of all, the vomiting, and and I. I um. I. I. We we work with uh, NFL Films when hard, as Hard Knocks is coming into the building here, and so um. Some one of our colleagues was talking to Ken Rogers, who's the producer of it, who said that there was another two and a half minutes that what didn't make it to <laughs> of Brian Cushing vomiting that they was like, okay, we got our point across in the forty seconds of which was more than enough, by the way. But so when Cushing said he'd lost like yesterday's lunch and the day before, he wasn't kidding. How can you li- how can you root for the man who could have very because easily this is a world class athlete. Surely he could have summoned the strength. And if you don't know, Brian Cushing just purged everything inside his body onto the field. But why couldn't he get up and walk uh, 20 feet off the field? He just left a mound of his bile and whatever he ate over the last 48 <laughs> hours right there. Now now Charles James or whoever else gets tackled might land in the, in, in the puke. Thanks but a lot, Cushing. A, he's now a comic, but like at, at first I was like, oh, this guy's really not a nice guy at all. But if you're consistently like that, he's a comic. He must be doing it on purpose. I guess there is something for, to be said for that consistency. EA. I, I, I wish I had something valuable to contribute to this conversation, but I, I, I haven't watched Hard Knocks, man. Oh, no. You know what, what? He, Elliot needs? Too bad you would really be envious of J.J. Watt, who has a king-sized bed tucked away in the equipment <laughs> closet and just takes naps in the middle of the day. You know what we should do? Send Elliot to space so he can get a satellite so he can watch. <laughs> so he can watch. You know what? I I do, do want to, Bucky, just on the topic of a guy switching positions, what do you think about the Panthers who are leaning on Jonathan Stewart, who can't ever stay healthy, and Shaq Thompson's? I've heard so many people talk about that. He could have really been he a good pro running back. He refuses to play back. running back. Yeah, he, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think for a rookie, it's hard to put that on him, but Shaq Thompson was a guy that if you looked at him and evaluated him as a, as a running back, some would say that maybe he was a better running back prospect in terms of his vision, his footwork, his ability to get out, and also the fact he had fresh legs, meaning he didn't have a, a ton of mm-hmm. carries as a collegiate. So you get a guy that you think is a fresh guy who has probably um, a better chance of being durable and staying healthy from that regard. I don't think they'll switch him, but I do think it's an intriguing option if you do get in a situation where you need a running back because he has played it. All right, let's move on to something that uh, Black Tie Behind the Glass is very excited about. It's the release of the new Madden game. You can simulate games on Madden. And uh, so we took the Houston Texans roster and we put (laughs) Brian Hoyer in as the quarterback and he played Ryan Mallett's Houston Texans. Let's see some highlights of how this game went. 
with 40 seconds remaining in the second quarter. Mallet and his squad line up third and six at the seven yard line. Let's see what Mallet can do here. He completes it. A six yard pass down to the goal line. Is he in? First and goal at the one. Looks in to me. That is close. See, he that can find the youngster there, Jalen Strong. Look at the nice one-handed catch. To make the one-handed. Catch. I thought that was yeah. Max Strong, the former. <laughs> now, with 14 seconds, and by the way, if you didn't figure it out, there's your touchdown. First and goal, Mallet to Alfred Blue for the touchdown. Here's Hoyer. Oh, that looks terrible. Ooh, that dead ball looked bad. Oh, nice look catch. at that! Great. He he saves him there. Does the pass catcher. There oh. is your touchdown for DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be a star no matter who's throwing it this year. In this case, that was, that was an interception. Oh, that was an interception. That was an INT. All right. So I, so I listen. It's difficult I when the same team is playing itself. It's hard to follow what happened there. <laughs> Bottom line is, with 38 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Hoyer threw that interception. Mallet's team wins. Yeah. Doesn't just win. Is they that win. a shot sheet? That's right. Yeah. It's 10 to nothing. Black tie goes the extra mile. Black tie and his I leash like is behind the glass. Go the extra mile. Congratulations to Ryan Mallett. I hope when Bill O'Brien sees that he's not so red in the face that he doesn't realize that there's still time to <laughs> make a the mistake. change. Right. Ten nothing. Hoyer didn't even score points. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that Bill O'Brien doesn't have the good sense. You go, well, we have to go with the kid who we know better. You know Ryan Mallett. You worked with him in his rookie season, and you worked with him last year. So Coach, I tell you. Coaches are conservative by nature. That, it's they, tri- what's they, it tell me, Elliot? Time. That's yeah. what Bucky just said. You know what does it tell me? It tells me that Bill O'Brien is in job security mode, as all these guys are. Roll the dice. Go with the higher-end option. Typically, the way it works in the offices, coaches want to play the guy that they feel like they can That's trust. Right. That's right. They feel like they, they, they know that they can minimize the risk by putting this player on the field, which is why you see a lot of veterans that are hanging around. Front office people, general managers and higher-ups, they want the young guy, the guy that they see more potential. So what Those guys typically with, have more job security anyway. You know, a GM, GM life yeah, span so they is want, way longer. They want potential. They're willing to make bigger risks. And so probably from upstairs, you say, look, Mallet is a young guy. We can build around him. We can grow with him. But Bill O'Brien is thinking about right now. There's this a cynicism from head coaches that is, well, the front office guys just want to put butts in the seat. Now, I'm not interested in what's the most games. interesting. I'm interested in winning the game. Yeah. I'm not talking from a put butts in the seat standpoint either. They're cynical, the coaches. But, so, uh, you know, a portion of fans out there are like, I want the nice – we're watching football. It's, it's for our pleasure on some level, obviously on a large level, why we're doing this. So you go with the higher-end option. And, by the way, the Cleveland Browns are on the cusp of, make, of making a similar mistake here <laughs> with Josh McCown. Let's get to it. Cleveland Browns with Johnny Football versus the Cleveland Browns with Josh McCown. Late in the second quarter, second and four. Football and the Browns down 3 nothing. I like those uniforms. Manziel, like sacked by Barkevius Mingo. I like the What uniform. was he thinking on that play? We're ahead to the fourth quarter, though. Manziel yep. trying to take the lead. Overthrows his pass catcher. But they do force the overtime there. That's Josh McCown, unseen. But he did lead a field goal drive, so they're ahead in overtime. Here's football, though. Trying to wage a comeback. This is It's incomplete. Josh McCown shaking. 6-3. Enjoy the season, Browns fans. (laughs) Wow. 6-3 in overtime. That was sad. 
That may, or maybe that's a credit maybe to the great defense. defense. Great. Great yeah. defense. That's maybe, how you look maybe at it. Maybe they're fanning for it. Yeah, yeah. glass half full. Yeah. Um, next up, let's get to the Houston uh, Texans. No, the Philadelphia Eagles, I should say. Oh, why is this even a contest? This isn't a contest. What are you why doing? is this a contest? Well, I decided that we should skip over Mark Sanchez. Why? Yeah, because like, the, like he's the what most did I just say? Because I just said for five minutes. We already know what Mark Sanchez is. We so know what going, Brian Hoyer so is. And Matt we know Hartley. what Tim Tebow is. Sam Bradford versus Matt You know what Tim Tebow is. No. I know what the people want. Sam Bradford versus Tim what? Tebow in Eagles Fest 2015. Start of the second quarter. Tebow's Eagles on the 33. Listen, there are a lot of people who still think Tim Tebow should runs. be the starter. So I bet he runs. I want to I discourage that. Here he goes. That was a shame. Nice. Here he goes. Tebow. Oh, yes. nice. Intercepted. Bradford now. Look at Bradford. Just don't hit him. Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner gets it to Riley Cooper. They go up 7-3. to three. Bradford's Eagles. Riley Cooper would have never caught that. Ball. Don't hit him. Now watch this. Look Don't at Bradford. Him. Rolling. Don't. He's got room. Oh, oh, he would he need that. Does he get up? He carries <laughs> two Eagles defenders. Up. He's glad-handed, and they're glad. 14-3. Bradford's Eagles over Tebow's Eagles. 14-3. The only question is, how did Tebow scratch out three points? Right. Can we do this for Joseph Randall versus Darren McFadden? Uh, you know what? Your wish is our command. Next week, we have to do that for EH. Let's set up the back. I have a question week. for you. Yes. Because since you hate what the Texans did so bad, I just jotting down some notes here. Okay, I have the top defense in the league this year is Buffalo. Then I have Seattle. Then I have the Jets. Who's four? Who's the fourth best defense? Is it the Rams? Is it the Texans? Might be, might be Denver. Maybe Denver. But could we say that Houston's arguably could be a top five defense? If Davian Clowney, I keep saying, if he is mm-hmm. anything close to what he was supposed to be as the front, keep in mind, people have short-term memories. He was the first overall pick. Remember the phenom that he was supposed to be. If he's anything close to that with J.J. Watt and Cushing and Whitney Merciless and that back end okay. that they have. Charles Jones second. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they got awesome. I don't know. Thinking. Black tie is yelling in my ear. I can't hear because the, the mics are too good. The Okay. So if the Texans are going to give up 17, 19 points a game, somewhere around there, why would you want Ryan Mallett? Because you, what's you Brian, Brian Hoyer, Hoyer going to provide? Brian Hoyer, here, if, if, if Aaron Foster was available, Brian Hoyer would be a better option because you could lean on the running game. Because they don't have the running game to lean on, I'm more likely the guy that can push the ball down the field. Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett has better tools in terms of being able to make big plays in that office. I think it's going to be tougher than him. Mallett so needs to make the ball over. Now you can't play to your strength. Well, I mean, we've seen defense. Brian Hoyer turn the ball Brian, over. Too. That's, by the way, the idea that Brian Hoyer takes care of the ball, he threw 12 touchdown passes last year and 13 picks. He turns the ball over plenty himself, too. All right, let's get to our last one here, and it is the aforementioned Buffalo Bills, Matt Castle, Tyrod Taylor. And I want to say, again, Bucky Brooks was the first person to say this. Ike Taylor, quickly on his heels, the first two people I heard say this, that Tyrod Taylor should and will win the gig, and I think that's exactly the way it should be. Like so it. Let's see how Madden considers this. With a minute 30 left in the second quarter, Matt Castle, first and 10 on his own 37-yard line. Castle to his new target. I don't like when they wear those all blues, by the way. What are you talking about? I don't I like, don't like that. the blue shirt and pants. Oh, it doesn't yeah. look right. It looks silly. But Charles Clay fumbles it. Fumbles? That's right. Charles Clay fumbles. That's what happens in games. With a minute left in the second quarter, Tyrod Taylor first and goal from the eight. Oh. Oh. 
Intercepted by Aaron Williams. He's uh, been a ball hawk. He got both those turnovers. With that? a minute 56 <laughs> left in the game. 0-0. Zero, zero. This sounds about right. The field the goal is good. Who is that, Dan Carpenter? With yeah. 47 seconds oh. left. Taylor intercepted. Matt Castle's team is going to win it. Oh, there's a flag. What happened here? Oh, it's called back on a late flag. Flag? Oh, that guy's got long arms. Hey, I thought it was a flag. So there's a flag, and it was th this final score is three zero. Hey, real quick back there, can you show us the Browns again? Can you just give us the Browns for a second here? I just want to point something out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do this. I think. By the way, as we're doing this with the Browns, just so you know, it's like three minute quarters, hence the low scores. Oh, is that part of the reason? That's important. It's not because none of these teams can move the ball. No, no. Can you just show me the Browns real fast again? I want to point something out. I want to look at the still in uniforms. Well, that's what that's what I wanted to mention. They're all brown. I think this is as a public service to everybody. I want to let everybody know. You might be curious when you watch them play. Their their jerseys say Cleveland on them very plainly at the top. And then on the side of their pants, it says Browns. Now, a lot of people are saying, why did they do that? And I figured it out the other day. It's because they're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yes. that's a, I came up, I, it was yes. a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah, yeah, when I, I thought I like it through, it. I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, well, here's, what, right? here, here's also, like, a lot of teams that have It says Browns no, on their Even pants. if you look at the Buffalo Bills uniform, you notice that they have the stampeding Buffalo on the hip. Well, they don't have a logo like that. Obviously, the helmet is plain. So, they have to put... Write it out. Are the but the people at the game know who the team maybe, is. Maybe right? but, but you don't TV, need to read Browns. But on TV, maybe football baby doesn't know who the Browns are. Oh, I think football mm -hmm. baby knows he's everything so quick. he needs to know he's about so pro football. He's so quick and he can read. All right, last one for us. We got another one. Sacrilegious, perhaps another to some, one. but I know that the fans in Denver are going to join me on this one. In fact, I'll never be so dumb uh, as to I say Brock Osweiler over Peyton, but there are. The, listen. In August, there are people in Denver now saying, oh, Osweiler's our better option right now. So I don't put that on me. Put out. that on your own people. In Denver, Broncos I fans. I have heard that. First, and look it up. You'll see it. Mile High Report. I've been kibitzing with them online, and uh, they confirm what I just said. First and 10, Manning's first drive deep down the field, but okay, well, that's intercepted by T.J. Ward. And by the way, those are the worst Browns, uh, Broncos uniforms. Don't wear those. He can't yeah, throw the ball that far. Yeah, no, that was never happened. Up ahead, 13 seconds run. left in the second quarter. First and 10, Osweiler deep to Demarius Thomas. He's looking. He's looking. He finds him in the back of the end zone. What a play. Yeah, Maybe is a better wow. option. Chris Harris. Late fourth quarter, third and 18. Manning's Broncos still down. Manning finds a wide open Cody Latimer. For a 78-yard touchdown, go Indiana Hoosier. Manning ties the game. Osweiler, though, still some precious seconds left on the clock. Osweiler drives, sets up a 47-yard field goal for Brandon McManus. Let's see if he can get this one. It's up. It's good. Osweiler over Peyton. Peyton's last chance, 22 seconds left. Finds Demarius Thomas down the left sideline. For a 68-yard gain, one timeout left, 14 seconds. A handoff, Peyton. Come on, Sheriff. You got to know better than Is that. Is that a horse collar? He hands it off. They scramble back for another play. Can they get this play off? Snap the ball, Peyton. He can't get it off. Osweiler does it. Kubiak, disgusted. He's crying, it looks like. Gary Kubiak is upset because he's just beating himself. I think he's wet. He's, like, yeah, he's, 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 he's like, what do I do here? Yeah, it's like the, it's, he very he was really yeah. like Two-Face. Yeah. Like Batman's very like, I, 
Uh, we won! I off. <laughs> that was fun. I want to do more of that black tie. That looked was like a good goon fun. in an 80s yeah. movie right there. Yeah, but see, for the people listening, they couldn't see Kubiak's face. Uh, I'm sorry us, about that. It was very, very bad. It was, he was very upset by that. All right, so EH hits the bricks here, but that leaves the three of us to figure this out in our continuing series. You guys know the Jenga theory. For me, is it's something I developed, I think, two years ago, that like the, the game Jenga, if you take the wrong piece out of the NFL puzzle, the whole thing can implode on you. Every team has at least one Jenga piece. We play expert-level Jenga here. We don't just do the quarterbacks. In fact, we don't allow you to name a quarterback because if just about any NFL team loses its quarterback, the thing's going to implode. So who is the Jenga piece on each NFL team that if you take them away, the whole thing goes down. And we talked about the AFC East on our most recent podcast. Go back and listen to that one. We did, uh, I think Gronk was one off the top of my head. He's, to me, is where the Jenga theory began, in fact. He was, you, exactly. You take 87 off that Patriots team, that they become very pedestrian. When he's out there, they become a Super Bowl champion. So, all right, let's today do... The NFC West, and in real time, handsome, let's uh, let's play a little Jenga, shall we? Yeah. As we do it here. Um, I'm going to start with you, Buck. The team that's played in the last two Super Bowls, the Seattle Seahawks, who do you see as their Jenga piece? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is the bell cow for them. He's the one that sets the table for that offense. Part of the reason that offense has been able to run successfully is because he powers the ball in between the, the, the tackles, does a great job of setting up the running game. And prior to Jimmy Graham arriving, you could argue that he was their best receiver. In every critical situation when Russell Wilson had to pass, the ball somehow landed in Marshawn Lynch's hands. He is the guy that makes that offense go. And even though Russell Wilson was just signed to a lucrative deal, Everyone in Seattle and around the league believe that Marshawn Lynch is the one that makes that odd. To the point, really, that the coaches are frustrated by his behavior, but they realize and they try and discipline him in-game. They leave him out of first, first quarters and stuff. But ultimately, the team doesn't respond when he's not out there. By the way, one of the craziest things I've seen, you say he's a good pass catcher. I never consider him to be that, but... In that critical drive that almost won them the Super Bowl, the first play is a wheel route to Marshawn Lynch out of the backfield deep up the left sideline. That was crazy. Go back to the championship game against the Green Bay Packers. That drive that brought them close, same thing. Marshawn Lynch makes plays. That is the trait that he brings that a lot of people don't talk about. He is a complete running back who can run in between the tackles but also catch balls on the perimeter. Handsome, how say you? I think uh, this year if the if the Seahawks brought in Jimmy Graham and they want to do a little bit more in the passing game with their offense, and let's assume that they're going to shift that way, I realize that it's early to say it, but I think that Jimmy Graham could become the Jenga piece for them because if that's what they want to do and they've spent a lot of time invest and, and obviously money investing in that, if he's not available for them, things could go bad pretty quickly. Two quick ones. One, Michael Robinson, who's as tie, who's as plugged into what the Seahawks are doing as anybody, sat in on this podcast two weeks ago. And if you're a Seahawks fan, really do go back and listen to that one because he makes a case for Tom Cable being as valuable an assistant as anybody as any assistant in the NFL. Another one, Cam Chancellor, who commands that locker room, 
Red Bryant used to. Michael Robinson used to be that locker room leader. Now it's Cam Chancellor. Now he's sitting out. You know, he's a, the, this. Yeah, they got a young player there that I think can replace him in Deion Bailey. He's playing really well in the preseason. He's been ready for an opportunity to get on the field. He's showing that he can get it done. All right. I, I Ultimately, I think I'm with you for as great as that defense is. I think you could take one piece away from it. You take Marshawn Lynch out. It's fine. Kristen Michael looks good, but it seems that the team responds very differently when uh, Lynch is out there. Next up, the San Francisco 49ers. I start with you, handsome Hank. Who's their Jenga piece? It's a difficult one to find, isn't it? I mean, I think... Well, the worst the team gets, yeah, so yeah, it's hard exactly. to find. Um, you know, Navarro Bowman is a, is a name that you could throw out there as probably the, the best player on the roster, but then again, they managed okay without him for for all of last season so it's sort of uh it's it's I, I think it's a difficult one to come up with i say navarro bowman but disagree with what you just said they they were the contender or one of the top two or three contenders in the conference navarro bowman disappears so too does the magic of that 49ers defense to me it's it's fairly straightforward although i mean i know patrick willis you can make a case it, for justin right. smith but for all the losses that they've had now of guys that are still active wearing that 49ers uniform, it's got to be Bowman. No, Bowman is a huge piece, but I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to say Joe Staley is a guy that is. I thought about Joe Staley. He's uh, a guy that played at a Pro Bowl caliber, a guy that is very vital to that offense because he mans the backside of Colin Kaepernick. And if this is a team that even though they want to run the ball, they're still going to entrust uh, the offense to Colin Kaepernick and being able to throw the ball, Joe Staley has to be there because he protects the blind side. And also know this, they lost Anthony Davis in the offseason when he decided to retire. They need to have a guy with Pro Bowl caliber credentials on that offense line. He is that guy. You know, he's more an X-factor than Jenga piece, if we can uh, parse through our, uh, our made-up terminology here. But when Vernon Davis gets it going... That Niners team is completely different. I don't, I don't know, understand how he can just vanish for right. months on end the way he does. Because in the playoffs, back. when he gets in the playoffs, go back and look at that. I always used to ride that. The Niners will be dynamite because Vernon Davis, once the postseason gets there, was the best player. Two straight postseasons for the Niners. He was their best player. If he can get going again, maybe there's a chance. Kaepernick can be, and the team in general can be respectable. Jeep Chris, new offensive coordinator, was a quarterback coach there. Played a heavy hand in some of the game planning, particularly that playoff run where you saw Vernon get hot, you saw Alex Smith get hot, and those things. Look for Vernon Davis to go back to being one of the key playmakers in that passing game. Anquan Bolden is another guy that I think could be indispensable because of his leadership and what he brings as a versatile player. And Torrey Smith and Carlos Hyde. The cupboard isn't bare on offense. It's a matter of if Cap gets to the next level that we've been waiting for for a couple of years. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals. Check this real quick. I know last episode did Jenga as well, and you guys, no one won. So for this show, can someone actually win this it's, round? Well, it's Dave's good. Someone's got to win. Doing very well against. We got to do a speed Hank. round. We got to have to do a speed round. Just All right, we'll see what happens. Black tie. All right, let's get to the Niners. All right, <laughs> the Niners. We just talked about the Niners. How about the Arizona Cardinals? Black tie. Does that make you happy? I know you like to talk about one guy on their team. His name is Patrick Peterson. In the meantime, handsome Hank, who do you have as their Jenga piece? The Cardinals Jenga piece. Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, again, I mean, it's, Patrick Peterson could be that guy. Um, I need to think about that one a little bit more. All right, go ahead. Bucky Brooks. I, this, I'm, I don't want to play fast and loose with it. It's sort mm-hmm. of like saying the quarterback. I said Tom Cable for the Seahawks is an interesting name. I, it's too easy to say Bruce Arians. He's the head coach of the team. But legitimately, he has the magic touches, you know, from the Colts to the Cardinals. He keeps it rolling. So, But you can't use him. 
I'm no, taking no, him he's off a, the board. He's, he's a very good coach. I wasn't going to use him anyway. And contrary to what uh, Black Tide would say about Patrick Peterson being maybe their best player on defense, I believe the Honey Badger is the linchpin to what mm. they do defensively. Honey Badger played with the ACL, is coming back, is now rounding in the form, looking like the guy that came out of LSU that is very dynamic in terms of his playmaking ability. I believe he is the guy that they can ill afford to lose because all the pieces around him, look, we've seen Patrick Peterson. We've seen him play well. We also saw him struggle last year. That defense continued to play at a high level. But with Honey Badger, when you lose a guy that's a versatile player, a guy that can drop down in the box, can cover guys in the slot, can play in the deep middle, and also has a knack for getting his hands on the ball, I just believe he is the indispensable piece on that defense. And because that team is driven by their defense at times, I believe he's the one that you have to keep an eye on. I hear that. Black Tie wants to defend his friend. I'm not defending. I'm just saying Patrick came out a couple of days ago and said this year is going to be his uh, defensive player. Oh, he did. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. The question is, Bucky, relax. Hold on. What does he have to do to become that full-on defensive player of the year? Because he has all the physical tools. He has all the physical tools. The big thing for Patrick Peterson is he's never been disciplined in terms of his technique. He's a guy that because he's been so athletic, he's been able to get away with being bigger, faster, stronger than the guys on the other side. As you get up and as you spend more time in the league and as offensive coordinators attack you, he has to be willing to change his game and have counters to what they do in terms of reaction standpoint. For him to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, he has to lock down his side, and he also has to find a way to get around the ball and kind of produce those game-changing plays. When you think about what Darrell Revis was able to do in terms of not only traveling and being able to match the other guy, but being able to lock down the side, it's the consistency. That's what I need to see from Patrick Peterson. I love how we're having real football talk and Hank and uh, Shaq are just playing. Oh, I see. We're having I see a, you. you know what? We're competitors. It doesn't make a difference. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're Whether playing Tidley Winks. Jenga. Or Jenga. I want to win. That's what makes Dam and Sheck If a you watch this show for one reason on YouTube, this is the reason. Sheck and Hank just going at it. Well, it's a hardcore game. Handsome's a, a noble foe who I intend to defeat nonetheless. <laughs> Last one. To... All right, I, I, I've got to focus here to read. <laughs> you to touch uh, the St. Louis Rams. That's how we get to it. The St. Louis Rams, Bucky Brooks, who is their 2015 Jenga piece. You know, it's funny because on the rundown, we have two names, Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald listed. Of those two, I'm going to say Robert Quinn is the piece that they can't miss. I like Chris Long, and I like what he brings off the table. He's a hardworking, energetic guy that gets to the quarterback. But Robert Quinn is the best pass rusher on that team. Yeah. He changes the game in terms of how you have to block them and slide the protection in his manner. He is disruptive. He creates forced fumbles. He changes the clock of the opposing quarterback. Robert Quinn is the guy that I think is the one that they can ill afford to lose over the course of a season. Well, this is this is a ridiculous answer because he's never taken an NFL snap. So maybe more of an X factor than a Jenga piece. But if Todd Gurley is as good, I keep saying it, if he's as good as he was in at Georgia, they can go to the playoffs this year. Between he, Black Tie with Patrick Peterson and you with Todd Gurley. I love Todd sure. Gurley. I, I like Todd Gurley. Do. But look, remember, Trey Mason is not necessarily chopped liver at the running back position. I think... With both of those guys, you have the ability to pummel people with a heavy-handed run attack. I just think this team is built on their defense with Greg Williams dialing it up. It's important that that front four gets after the quarterback, and Robert Quinn is the guy that kind of sets the table for him. Handsome Hank, any There's other name you want to throw down out? In the bottom five. Yeah, there is. There. This There's one's no- here. All right, I got, I got, I found my Jenga piece. Do you have an answer for this one? I, I would say, I mean, I would agree with Bucky. I think Robert Quinn is, you know, he's Me one too. of the one of the elite five pass rushers in the NFL. You take that type of player away from any team, and and they're going to be in trouble. Well, listen, we we love the game of pro football, but. 
I think we all agree that it could be a little bit better, and I have a lot of ideas on how to get there. That's why I scheduled a little something. I, I dropped uh, an email to one of our coworkers a few months back and, and, uh, and said, I'm going to start calling you every week and uh, give you some of my thoughts. Uh, here's my latest attempt to track down our coworker. He lives in New York. Today's the day! Hi, it's Dave. It's Shaq. Hi, it's Dave. Please leave a voice message for At the tone, please record your message. Hi, Commissioner Goodell. Uh, Dave here out in Los Angeles again. So I guess you're busy still. Wanted to touch uh, base with you today. Now, you know, I've heard some rumors about a team moving to Los Angeles. I think it's a great idea. Okay? But we can't rest on our laurels, Commissioner. There are some names that are just too vile to be NFL teams. Like, you can't be the rats. Same goes for worms, vultures, Los Angeles cheetahs would be cool because that's fast, but also it sounds like cheetahs. Giraffe, I feel like, is a weird metaphor. Crabs? No. You don't want those either. I'm thinking one good name. Here's a fierce beast for you. How about the Los Angeles Rogers? Huh? Like the ring of that? Try this one on for size. The L.A. Handsome Devil. Now that's what I call a tribute to you, sir. Anywho, just wanted to drop you a line on that. I hope everything's going well in Manhattan, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Take good care, fella. Love you. I love you as, as, a, as a friend. Hello? I love you. I think that went well, though. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh, it's, it's been, we've had a tough time connecting. Right. <laughs> We've been playing a lot of phone tag. Yeah, is that is that what it is? I think that he, I think my message is getting through because I keep hearing I, 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 I think. we're making progress every day towards mm -hmm. the team in uh, in LA. All right. Oh yeah, well let's speed Jenga until we have a winner here, and then that's that handsome Hank. Ah, go! This is like the U.S. against uh, against England in that uh, war two hundred years ago. Remember that, Bucky? Jack, new rule: you have three seconds to play. Three. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh dear. Oh. So, Woo! What? so what? So what, Redcoat? We we won the big one. USA, USA. So what? So I lost Jenga. All right, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Very thin after that shameful loss. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 